This is the Orca Podcast, and as our guest today, we have Dr. Beth Falls. She has been working here for over 10 years now as a research scientist. So Beth, a lot of our research has recently focused on this emerging concept called One Health. Can you tell Mm -hmm. us your definition of One Health and how it sort of came to the fore here at Orca? One Health is a global term. It's used quite a lot, and it's simply the overlap between animal, human, and environmental health. Mm -hmm. So in any way that those three overlap, that falls under the One Health umbrella. Personally, I've always been interested in the overlap between human and environmental health. So I've been talking about that since I came to Orca, talking about wanting to evolve into doing some research and, and looking at that. And so just in the last couple of years, as our, our science has gotten to the point where we're able to do that, and we're seeing the importance of doing that, mm-hmm. we started talking about how we want to frame that looking at the overlap between human and environmental health. And so just when I went into the literature, as well as just the lay press, rather than come up with a new term, it just made sense to just develop the, what we call One Health. And so that's where it came from. You're saying you sort of took this interest that you had and fit it into something that already existed. Right, right, which I think is important. I think that everybody going in their own direction, it it gets so confusing. The CDC talks about One Health in this way on their website. They say, One Health recognizes that the health of people is connected to the health of animals and the environment. It is a collaborative, multi-sectoral, and transdisciplinary approach, working at the local, regional, national, and global levels, with the goal of achieving optimal health outcomes, recognizing the interconnection between people, animals, plants, and their shared environment. A One Health approach is important because six out of every 10 infectious diseases in humans are spread from animals. When I read this description, particularly the last sentence, I thought it was sort of ironic in a sense that they would give this drawn out definition of one health, but sort of talk about maintaining environmental and animal health as a means rather than an end itself to maintain human health rather than seeing all these organisms as equal. So I I was just wondering what your thoughts were on that particular. I think that that's the perfect definition for the CDC, because CDC Mm -hmm. is focused on human health. And when you hear about human health and when people talk about human health, they're almost always talking about transfer of bacteria or viral disease. Mm Mm-hmm which is a really important part of human health, but that's, I mean, of one health, but that's not all it is. So, so I agree with you. I think one health is simply recognizing that the health of humans is dependent on the health of animals in the environment and the health of animals is dependent on the health of humans in the environment and the health of the environment is dependent on the health. So it's all interrelated. Right. So more of like a web rather than a pyramid right. or at the top. Right. No, that. absolutely. I totally agree. From the definition of One Health, we've always done One Health at Orca. We're focused on water pollution. Right. And water pollution is the effect of what human activity is having on the environment. Mm-hmm. It, it's not the environment that's making humans sick. Mm-hmm. It is humans that are polluting the water and those pollutants are bioaccumulating and then transferring 
bring back to humans and animals and having a health impact. So right. it's the circle. Right. So you're speaking about this separately from a disease that could be transferred by an animal just within their nature. It's more right. about what we're doing, how it's affecting everything, how it's coming back to affect us and what is anthropogenic right. in that sense. Right. So so One Health is a big umbrella mm-hmm. and there's a lot of things that fit under One Health and ORCA mm-hmm. is not covering everything. Under the umbrella of One Health, ORCA's program is specifically focused on the transfer of toxins and toxicants from the water to humans and animals causing health impacts. Recognizing that those toxins and toxicants are accumulating to a level that they can have health impacts because of anthropogenic pollution. Right. Okay. We have a few research projects going on Mm -hmm. under this umbrella, as you said. One that I think is particularly interesting is our physician survey. Can you talk about what makes it unique as a research project? ORCA is a different kind of organization because we do applied science, and we're Mm -hmm. always thinking about getting meaningful information in the quickest and least expensive way possible. Mm-hmm. And so so that survey is part of understanding what physicians know about the impact of the water environment on human health, specifically as it relates to toxins that are produced by algae blooms. It's a creative way to gather information. Right, trying to find out what a a community needs and then using our science to fit what they need. Right. So basic science research is research to expand knowledge in a specific area, Mm -hmm. studying things in a very reductionist way, Mm -hmm. whereas what we're trying to do is solve problems. And so pretty much everything we do is geared towards understanding a problem so that we can solve it. So in this case, we're doing a series of research projects to to understand the exposure that humans have to some of these toxins. But then what can we do about it? I mean, we we are doing things in our ecotoxicity and in our technology side, trying to monitor the blooms and doing things in advocacy and education to reduce the blooms. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, what can we do until the blooms are not there, until the toxins aren't there? We need to educate people about how to protect themselves. And one way to do that is to educate medical clinicians so that they can do the best for their patients. And so that's what the survey is focused on. We need to understand what they know and what they need to know so we can provide that in a meaningful way. Right. Since this is such a constructive approach to research, why isn't every science organization working this way under the guide of, of One Health? So to understand, really understand any scientific topic, you have to reduce it down and really dig in. And so that's what's been done. And so that's now sort of the reductionist that's the reductionist approach. About. And that's really what academics, a lot of like government scientists, I mean, that it's super important. And, and that's what's sort of become the dogma of how science is done mm-hmm. over generations. Mm-hmm. And so the end is taking all of that basic science research and now pulling it together and applying it. Right. And so it's not one or the other. They feed off of each other. Mm-hmm. So then as we do this applied science, it's not as controlled. So a lot of times we almost take more of a 
human health, like evidence-based medicine approach, as opposed to a basic science controlled hypothesis driven research. So because you can't control things in the real world, we don't want to reduce it all down to the individual components. Mm -hmm. So there's so many variables. So we do a whole series of things. When we go out and we're doing a project, we collect a lot of different data that kind of informs on each other. It's more like if you went to a doctor and you, you presented with symptoms, that doctor would do a series of of tests Mm -hmm. to diagnose and then after they diagnose they would treat and then see if it worked and so go back and and evaluate and more trial and error more or less but but very informed by scientific data right right so it's not you just show up and say okay i'm i'm kind of doing knee operations today so everybody (laughs) do is coming for that by no means is it the only way of doing things but it but we definitely cannot only do Basic science reductionist research on water ecosystems because we're beyond that. Mm. Um, We need to solve these problems that are becoming more and more urgent. Mm. So what do you see for the future of One Health at Orca? We're looking at trying to assess the impact on human health Mm -hmm. and looking at what humans are exposed to from their environment. Mm -hmm. We're talking about water environment, but it could be through ingestion of foods from the aquatic food web that have bioaccumulated. It could be from toxins and toxicants that are aerosolized. So what what's the difference between a toxin and a toxicant? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. So toxins are natural because they're made by biological organisms, right? Mm-hmm. So cyanotoxins are made by cyanobacteria. That's a toxin. Mm-hmm. Toxicants are man-made. So like okay. glyphosate is potentially a toxicant. Anything that is a man-made chemical that has the possibility of causing harm to humans or animals would be a toxicant. So, yeah, so something that I've found interesting is in a lot of coverage about these algae blooms, journalists talk about how it's a, a natural occurrence, but it's caused by an unnatural amount of whatever we think it's being caused right nutrients nutrients yes yeah so that's absolutely true so so we talk a lot at orca about cycles and Mm -hmm. balance so cyanobacteria is absolutely natural and has a role in the ecosystem Mm -hmm. in in balance and so it's just when things get out of balance Mm -hmm. and that's what's happening so we're seeing these large blooms much larger than have been previously seen in places that we haven't previously seen them, times of the year that we haven't previously seen them. So things are out of balance. Mm -hmm. And because, because of the nutrient pollution, anthropogenic nutrient pollution, it's leading to these just excessive, massive algae blooms Mm -hmm. worldwide. For somebody who isn't familiar with algae blooms, either because they just haven't experienced them, maybe they live in a landlocked state, what are these health impacts? Can I just mention that everyone is exposed to them. They may not know them because you can mm. have an algae bloom in a reservoir in a neighborhood. Okay. So they can happen anywhere. Mainly you're only aware of them when you see these massive blooms that right. we see locally or they see in Lake Erie and that type of thing. So just because you so, see it with your eye doesn't mean that it's not there. 
Right. Yes, exactly. You know, there's a lot we don't know about human impact. And there's a large number of cyanotoxins. Mm -hmm. But we do know that most of them are either neurotoxins or hepatotoxins. So they're either affecting the nervous system or the liver. Okay. Well, what are some things that people can do right now to engage with One Health at Orca? Well, certainly you can interview your doctor. Um, (laughs) If you are a medical professional, you can fill out our survey. If anybody likes to fish, we're looking for people to catch fish and bring them to Orca. Mm -hmm. We're going to be doing a whole series of education and outreach. So I would say if anyone is interested in One Health at Orca, to to send us an email at onehealth at teamorca.org and and we'll just keep you informed on the work we're doing but we also are doing a series of studies in collaboration with Florida Institute of Technology where we're Mm -hmm. looking at other toxicants so we're trying to get an understanding of what specific toxicants including things like viruses and some of those superbugs that people talk about Mm -hmm. looking at um, how those may be accumulating in aquatic ecosystems as well Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time, Beth. My pleasure.